0: Well, good morning, everyone, and uh, welcome to Palm Sunday. So I'd like you to get your Bibles out and turn with me to Mark chapter 8. And we're going to read from verse 27 uh, to the start of 31 in, in just a few moments. So if you could get that ready. But I think in times like this, it's so important to focus on the positives and not the negatives. And today we're going to continue our study as we work through the harmony of the Gospels and we're going to focus on Jesus and our theme for this year is all about as we look at the life of Jesus what does it mean, what does it look like to be a true disciple so if you'd like to read along with me in Mark chapter 8 we're going to read from verse 27 Now Jesus and his disciples went on to the villages around Caesarea Philippi on the way he asked them Who do people say that I am? They replied, some say you're John the Baptist. Others say Elijah and still others one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say that I am? Peter answered, you are the Messiah. Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things. Who do you say that I am? This was an incredibly important moment in the ministry of Jesus when he poses this question to the disciples. And I want to pose a question to you as we go through this. is the same question, who do you say that Jesus is? Now, this was an incredibly important moment and... If you think back over your lifetime, there's probably been some incredibly important moments or or things that are stuck in your mind and your memory that perhaps were turning points in history. And I remember, I was about 11 years of age and I went to Cheltenham Primary School in Melbourne and I was sitting in a class one day and we were listening to a tape. So this is 1975, November, and our teacher came in and he wrote on the blackboard that the Governor-General has just sacked Gough Whitlam, the Prime Minister. And that's going back 44 years, and I still remember that as clear as a bell. So you fast forward 44 years to last year, and I remember watching on TV the night Scott Morrison walked into the party room, stood up, and he said, I've always believed in miracles. And what a God-appointed man for a God-appointed time. So he's, he's led the country through the bushfire crisis and now through, through this virus crisis. Yet every time he gets up and he speaks, you see that there's a man uh, who's a leader. There's a man that has great faith. There's a man that is, is doing the fine balancing act between protecting people's lives but also trying to protect the country from going broke. Uh, so I really encourage you to be praying for our Prime Minister. But these are significant moments in history that change things. And if we go back to our text, this is a significant moment that Jesus is asking a question and he's wanting an answer, which he got from Peter. So let's, let's look at a little bit of the background and lead up because it's so important where this question was asked And we're going to do a little bit of digging it as we study the Word today. So in Mark's Gospel, we're at chapter 8, which is halfway through the book. Mark's Gospel began at the Jordan River with with John the Baptist baptizing Jesus. Now, the Jordan River is the lowest elevation of any river in the entire world. Then the, the river meanders and goes in and out along three hundred and sixty kilometres to the place where Jesus and his disciples are now standing. So they're at, at Mount Hermon, which is two thousand eight hundred and fourteen meters high. It was the highest point in Palestine. So they've gone from the lowest point at the start of the book of Mark to the highest point in Palestine. And it's like those these eight chapters, it's been this trajectory upwards and in in the natural, but also um, Jesus was He calmed, he he was performing miracles, he was um, healing the crowds and the sickness and everyone that came to him. And it was so it was like the whole book was heading up this way. And now it gets to this point where it's the significant point in history. So for two and a half years, um, Jesus' ministry had been with the disciples. And he now gets to this point where he asks this question. Now, This place, Caesarea Philippi, I just want to look at a little bit of the history about it. Uh, It was the furthest point north in the Promised Land, and it was known as Dan. So this little village nestled at the bottom of Mount Hermon, where you have this this, uh, snow-capped mountain all year round, and then this sheer cliff face that comes right down to the bottom to where the village is. Uh, And then you've got this bubbling water that seems to just come out of the rock and and turns into this wide river, which is the River Jordan. But before Dan, originally it was called Belaus, after the god of Baal. It was a symbol of fertility, and so the Baal worshippers worshipped there at this place. Then in the Old Testament, God was worshipped there. The Greeks also worshipped there. Now, now they found a cave that was right near uh, the river, uh, right next to the village, and they said that the god Pan was born there in that cave and that he was the god of nature. So they renamed the place Panius. Now, to this day, today, it is called Banius. So it's sort of a combination of a couple of those previous names. Uh, It's an Arab village, but it's now in Jewish hands. Um, and that happened since the Six-Day War. Now, in Jesus' time when he's there with his disciples at this point, the Romans were in rule, and the governor of the day, Philip, he renamed the place Caesarea Philippi, and this was after uh, the god Caesar, the emperor, who was worshipped, a man worshipped as God, and he built uh, this gleaming white marble temple there as a place of worship. So you see this place where Jesus has led his disciples to was a was a real place of, of mystery, of 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 legends, of of where people had worshipped God, where people had worshipped other gods, where people had worshipped men as gods. And it was this real mixture of of different sorts of worship. And Jesus leads his 12 disciples to this point, and he asks them this question, Who do you say that I am? You see, people had an opinion about Jesus. Some people thought he was mad, that he was um, demonic. Some people thought that he was a good man or a prophet. And yet other people thought that, how could a man at, he's around about 32 years of age at this point, how could a man at this age be as clever and as powerful and have, have, have so much authority as he had, he must have been reincarnated, he must have come back as someone of, of the great prophets like uh, Elijah or, or Moses. Or John the Baptist? So we asked them this question. Because everyone's got their opinion. But Jesus said to them, who do you say that I am? And then Peter, the one who was often the spokesman, the one who often was impetuous and did everything first, he comes out with this statement, you are the Messiah. Now we need to understand that for hundreds of years, the Jewish people... Were looking for a messiah they were looking for a savior this this man that was going to come and deliver them out of the the problems and everything the cruelty of the roman rule that they were under so how did peter come to this point how did he come to the point of getting this revelation and understanding that Jesus was the Messiah. Well, when you think about it, they have been with him for two and a half years. They would have ate together. They would have slept in the same place together. They would have travelled together. They would have seen Jesus in action um, throughout the day and everything that he did. They would have seen him heal people. They would have seen him perform miracles. They would have seen him... Um, in conversations and arguments with people that by the way he never lost they would have seen the authority that he had and the wisdom that he had they would have seen him go away and up onto the mountaintops and, and pray all night they would have seen all these things about him and then Peter comes with this understanding and revelation that you are the Messiah you are the one that we've been waiting for and it all happened in this place where man and gods and the one true God had been worshipped. So I want to ask you the same question today that Jesus asked the disciples. Who do you say that I am? When I was uh, young I was had the privilege of being brought up in a Christian home. And my mum and dad took me to church. And that's just what we did as a family in Melbourne. Uh, So I was, in a sense, I was saved, made a commitment to Christ from a young age. Baptised in the Holy Spirit at seven at a camp at Epiloc. But then as I got into my teenage years, it was like I really started to question things. And, you see... I had to come to a point in my own life that I had a revelation and understanding, just like Peter did, of who Jesus is. Is he just a good man? Is he just an historical figure? Or is he really the Messiah, the Son of God? So I had to come to that point for myself because you can't get to that point on secondhand knowledge or revelation. If your parents are Christians and have a relationship with Jesus, then that doesn't mean... That, that is yours they may bring you up in those ways but when we stand before jesus one day he's going to ask us about our relationship with him and we can't just say well my parents believed in you so that's good enough for me no it's like we have to get to that own point for ourselves we can't get there on someone else's faith or our parents faith and i had to get there on my own so i went through these years in, in my teenage years of struggling and questioning and I remember one night when I was 17, I went to Dallas Brooks Hall and an American evangelist there put out an altar call. And I was like, I was just driven to the front. And I recommitted my life to Christ. And that night, I, it was like I went through a washing machine. I even woke up the next day feeling so clean. It was like, aha, I finally had that revelation for myself. And it was just the most amazing experience. It was a turning point in my life. Because now... I fast forward on to that and I'm I'm 55 now and I married a a wonderful woman, Melissa, who I met uh, in church youth group in Springvale in Melbourne, now have uh, five great kids, four of them are married, ten grandkids and every one of them is in church and my prayer for them is that every one of them, my kids, my grandkids will grow up. Um, having their own relationship with Jesus, that they would love him and serve him and raise their kids in in the ways of God, just like I was. So the question for you today, who's watching this, is who do you say that Jesus is? Is he just a good man? Is he an historical figure? Or is he someone that you can commit your life to, that can come and be your saviour and your Lord? He can take away your sin, he can give you A whole new start. And that's the question that each and every one of us needs to be able to answer at some point in our lives. You know what? You will never understand who Jesus, what he's done for you until you know who he is. When you settle that question, that fact of who he is, That he is the Messiah, that he is the Christ, that he is the Son of God. Once you settle that in your heart, then you will start to grasp an understanding of what he's done for you. And next week, we get to Easter. And Easter is all about what Jesus has done for us. So I really want to encourage you to all tune in next week because that's just going to be a great service as we come to Easter Sunday for 2020. It was interesting because right after Peter had that revelation Jesus says I want you to tell no one and what a strange thing but the problem was the Jews wanted a political saviour someone to release them from the rule of the Romans and then just at the start of verse 31 he says that he must suffer many things the reality was, he came as the Messiah, not to be and set up an earthly rule. That's going to come later on. He set up. He came as the Messiah who was going to suffer, and he was going to die. And this is the first point where he begins to talk about that, and we're going to lead into that for next week. But what we need to understand is that we also will suffer. To make a decision to follow Jesus doesn't mean that everything's going to be rosy. It means that we have to die to self, that we have to take up our cross and follow him, that we will um, also be involved in, in the sufferings that he went through. So I just want to encourage you today that each and every one of us needs to answer this same question that Jesus posed to Peter And Peter had that revelation and answered him that he's the Messiah. So, why don't you join me together as we pray. And then after we pray, I want you to take the time. We're going to have some music, we're going to have a song. The band's going to play that. And I want you to take the time to really ponder this question, to respond to this question in your heart. You know, should should I respond today? Well... Today is the day of salvation. The world has gone crazy. All this stuff is happening. And the one thing that we can be assured about is that Jesus is the Messiah. He is the Christ. And he is the one that can bring assurance to you, particularly in a time of uncertainty like this. And then after that song is finished, we're gonna, Rich is gonna lead us in communion as we close. So I encourage you that to respond to this, maybe get your emblems ready towards the end of this song so let's pray together father we just thank you that you had a plan for planet earth and you understood that man would fall in sin and want to do their own thing lord we thank you that you sent your son jesus as the messiah as the christ as the son of god as the saviour of the world to come and to take away our sin so that we could come back into a relationship with a holy god so that we could have purpose so that we could be empowered by the holy spirit and be the light in a dark world so lord i just pray for everyone today that is watching this if the, if they have not settled that question within their heart who jesus is lord today i pray right now wherever they are wherever they're sitting whatever they're doing That Holy Spirit, right now, there would just come a sense of revelation into their heart and into their spirit that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Lord, I just pray today that as, as people are going through these uncertain times and they're searching, God, that you would bring a surety and purpose and direction and hope into their lives, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So if you would like to know more about what it means to accept Jesus, then you can write in a message. We can respond to that. We have information about this on our website at at Life Church ACC Marootna. And uh, we have uh, leaders that can just help you and share and help you navigate through this, particularly if you've made a decision for the first time today. So I encourage you now to just take the time to to really... um, Think about what's been said today and respond in your own heart as the band come back. God bless you.